What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to Three Night Bender, the show where UCF grads and Orlando natives discuss what's going on in the Orlando area with sports and, and other things that are going on. Uh, we want to focus really on UCF football tonight. Uh, I am Hauser. I'm here with your other host, Buzos. And uh, our third night of the evening is Caitlin Buzos, but she will not be featured on the show. But since we do have to have three nights, She'll be in the other room just kind of peeking in. So that's our, uh, our third night for tonight. But we hope to have uh, interviews in the future with other future, or excuse me, past, and, uh, past nights and other Orlando natives. So um, we're going to jump right in here. Actually, we're, we're both uh, drinking some beers tonight. We're sharing the same beer. Um, Buzos made the selection tonight. Oh, yeah, we're, I did. We are going with uh, Mythos, which is a... Greek beer, which uh, is very dear to his heart. I'll it let is. You... It's a premium quality Hellenic beer, which is quite delightful. Okay. I featured it at my wedding, um, and I figured being that I'm Greek and that you're marrying a Greek, it's an excellent selection, uh, selection for the two of us, which is also going to be one of the little themes that we do here. Obviously, we're going to love talking about sports and all things Orlando and Central Florida related, but... Uh, one of the things that, that we both really enjoy is drinking alcohol and having a good Absolutely. time. So being able to drink beers and feature beers with people and talk about them is going to be kind of a thing. And hopefully we'll like do some trips to breweries and bars and stuff like that and kind of have fun with that kind of stuff. So cheers to that shit. That's going to be great. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Let's, let's jump right in here. We're going to talk about uh, UCF football. We just played East Carolina this weekend, had a big win. Um, you know, some maybe some different changes in the offense. Um, what did you notice about the game, Buzos? It looked like they definitely made some changes on offense. Um, I felt like they opened the playbook a little bit more. I remember the first thing that people were saying in the crowd when we were watching the game, people were talking about, oh, wow, the quarterback's running the ball, yeah. things like that. So uh, I, d- I definitely think that they're possibly, you know, actually giving him those RPO and, and read plays as opposed to a straight give where he can make the decision to – keep it if he wants instead of just giving it every time. I think a lot of people don't realize that, like, there is, like, we're an option offense, but you can call an option play, or you can call a play that looks like an option play, and it's not. You have to give the ball. So um, I think that we definitely opened up the playbook a little bit more. We had more plays going to the interior of our offense, you know, running digs and drags um, and slants as opposed to constantly trying to throw outside the numbers, which was a nice little change of pace because you have to use the middle of the field I think that was a feature of Scott Frost's offense that we've kind of been lacking in the first half of the season. Um, and we didn't really do it. Well, we did some of it last year, but we really attacked the outside. That's what we tried doing consistently. So it was nice to see us kind of uh, change pace a little bit and kind of open that up. But just going to go through some stats. I and mean, we had Dylan Gabriel had a phenomenal night again. Um, he's, he's a freshman, but he doesn't look like a freshman. Throwing for over 360 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Otis Anderson with another big game, having almost 4.5 average, rushing for 80 yards. Uh, we're going to talk about some other big cats like, you know, B.J. Mack and Batavius Thompson. Uh, Thompson specifically, I, I love that kid. I think he's going to be a really good player for us in the near future. Yeah, he's a excellent back. He's a little bit different build from the other guys we have. Maybe not um, not so much quickness, but he's a bigger guy and can go and can run straight up the middle where we don't really have guys who can do that. And he shined a little bit. Um, of course, he had to come in because we lost uh, McCray. Went down to an injury. Um, hopefully, he's going to be getting back soon. I know he won't be playing this weekend, um, but uh, you know, I think Otis Anderson spoke specifically about it and said that um, he would be back up and back in the lineup pretty soon. So that's some good news. So I mean, we're getting injury reports from 
Otis Anderson, but uh, the rest of UCF football is pretty hush-hush about injuries usually, so it's it's good that we're getting something from the players. Um, as far as the offense, like you were saying, Dylan Gabriel, you know, it was it was nice to see him run the ball. I think the, the entire stands went nuts when he finally took off, and he had a play very reminiscent of, uh, of Milton uh, against, I believe it was Auburn, where he um, had an option to kind of pitch it to uh, the tight end and kind of faked to him, and the defender went after him and kept the ball and kept running and got a nice maybe 10, 11-yard gain um, that went out of bounds. But he, he was exciting this weekend. I think everybody was happy to see that. I know the fans have been complaining a little bit about him not running. Um, but, uh, you know, that injury – left an opening for Bentavious, but we had a couple other injuries on the field, too. Do you remember what those were, James? Yeah, unfortunately, we lost two offensive linemen. Cole Schneider, who I uh, really, really like, um, he is uh, can, could be a stalwart for us on the offensive line for the next few years. He plays left guard. And he's a uh, state champ wrestler. He is a state champ wrestler. I believe he had originally committed to Notre Dame. Um, didn't he play right up the road over at Bishop Moore? Wasn't that where he's from? Where is he? No, not Bishop Moore. He was at... Uh, I think he was over on the coast over in Tampa. Was somewhere. he? Yeah. Uh, I mean, a, a, a great player for us. Uh, Riverdale, I think. Riverdale? Okay. I mean, this is, a, this, is a re- this is a wrestling coach, so he knows his <laughs> wrestling. I'm a football coach, so I, know, I don't know anything about wrestling, unfortunately. Uh, so I leave that kind of stuff to him. But a great football player. Unfortunately, went down. He was out of uniform after we came back um, into the second half. So he uh, don't know how long he's going to be out for. Um, a couple plays after that, the left tackle, Sam Jackson, um, uh, goes down, and it's funny because he actually moved inside when Cole got hurt to play left guard, and then he goes get, gets hurt as left guard, so that was unfortunate. But you know, we have two young cats that come in that are both freshmen. One's a true, one's a red shirt. Played very well, and uh, not far after that, they created that massive hole for BT to just scamper for over thirty yards for a touchdown. Which he showed his speed on that play because the moment he hit the hole, he was gone. Nobody was coming anywhere near him. He split the safeties right in half. He was right between the numbers, and it was awesome. So. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, a couple guys go down, but it was nice to see, especially a local played at Haggerty with uh, Matt Lee who came yeah. in. He's going to be one of our guards. I like him a lot. Um, he, is and, uh, he is exciting. He is exciting. We have a lot of really good young talent on the offensive line, and we got a lot of kids to keep on coming. That's what's awesome is we're doing a really good job um, just recruiting with Greg Ellerby. He's a great offensive line coach. I know him, I, I've met him before. I've had beers with him. Really cool guy. Uh, fun to talk to. And. <laughs> I think he can. He is, if we can keep him around for a long time, our offensive line is going to be top notch for a while. I know, and I'll also get flack where Fox do. They haven't. They've underperformed definitely because I think a lot of people touted our offensive line going into the season as being one of the top in the nation, as it should have been because we had a lot of people coming back. We had a lot of talent across. Our center has been a starter for four years. He's an NFL prospect. He was actually up for uh, I believe it's called the Remington Trophy, which is, goes to the number one center in the nation. So I do think they're underperformed, but I, not, not that Jordan Johnson himself has the center. I think he's doing just fine. But you know we've been a little spotty in our pass protection, so yeah. we'll hopefully see that go up. But you know a couple other people get nicked. Um, Deloach got hurt. Evans got hurt. Uh, Turnier got hurt. They, they all came back, so that's mm-hmm. nice. Is nobody went down permanently with injury, but you know people are getting nicked up. So uh, we, I know we're going to have uh, Navel Clark supposed to be coming back next week uh, or for this game. So yes, that's going to be a nice little thing. He sat out last week. Um, his dad mentioned that, that, you know, they kind of kept it under the wraps, and he was sorry, he didn't have to say anything, but, uh, he, I mean, his dad doesn't have to apologize for crap. Yeah. If his son's hurt, his son's hurt. His dad's pretty vocal on uh, social media. It's a little little off-putting sometimes, but, you know, you get the inside scoop, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, those the players that we have are amazing, and the recruiting that we're doing is not up to what it could be, 
But I think what's really strong with our recruiting is that players are recruiting other players. So yes. We've got their coach, and he's, he's doing his best, I guess. But, the, you know, you see players on Twitter and stuff saying, hey, show my boy some love. If, like, if UCF's in their top five, you got players talking to those guys and trying to get them to come and getting the fans to talk to them. So it's exciting. It's a very exciting time to be a night and, and to be in social media because of all that influence that goes on there. Agreed. And I'm, I'm just, I'll just pause for a second on that recruiting aspect because um, I want to make sure – I think that people get really stuck, and we've talked about it before, you know, just you know, shooting the shit about how um, people focus on the stars a lot and how UCF doesn't get four- and five-star recruits. And I think that that's really a loaded thing because that's completely made up on websites, people that give ratings to kids. And I think the system was truly exposed this past offseason when a couple high college kids – or high school kids, I'm sorry – made a fake account on Twitter – pretended to be a football recruit, said he got rec- got uh, offers from Bama and Georgia and Notre Dame, and was automatically listed on rivals and 24-7 recruiting as a four-star athlete offensive tackle without ever being real. So wow. I think that kind of shows the nation of how flawed the recruiting system is. And I think UCF in general can show how flawed it is because we were made up of nothing but one- and two-star recruits back in 2013 when we won the Fiesta Bowl and shot the nation going 13-1 and one with Bortles and all those cats back then. And this, I think it kind of flows over to now where we get a lot of two, three-star recruits, you know, a handful of four that are definitely looking at us. But I don't think the stars matter because those are all about profile. They're about going to combines. It's a branding thing. I think recruiting, I think we've shown that we're really good at taking kids that fit our system and molding them to be a UCF Knight. And that's, I think, the most important thing. Um, so when, when people get kind of upset and kind of get focused really heavily on recruiting, that's something that should be taken into consideration. Yeah, absolutely. And you're, you're absolutely right with the players and how they've turned. Um, you know, Scott Frost did a great job recruiting players. Heupel so far has, has looked like he's probably done a good job. We'll find out in a year or two how, how some of the younger players uh, – Stand out, but I mean, Dylan Gabriel looks like a freaking diamond right now. So, yes. I mean, he's, he's kind of saved himself just with that recruit alone. Absolutely. Um, so, that's uh, that was the, the ECU game. I mean, we, we won the game. We had a big first half. Um, I think everybody was excited about the points that we put up in the first half. We came out in the second half pretty slow, and, uh, you know, it was hard to, hard to sit through it as a fan. You know, you see a lot of the fan base has disappeared after the first half, and and some of that has to, has to be because we kind of wrapped up the game in the first half. But I don't know if that's affecting the players, and that's why we're not we're not shining as much in the second half. But um, you know, it would it would be nice to see a complete game where we dominate and we do what a lot of the fans say we're going to do after the first quarter. They're like, "Oh, we're going to put up a hundred. You know, it would be yeah. it would be yeah. nice to see that pace continue. But I don't know that that's something that can. No, I mean, and eventually you got at the first. ECU's coaching staff is great. I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, that I, I looked up their head coach, um, and uh, his name is slipping me at the moment. Um, uh, Mike Houston. Okay. His record actually is pretty phenomenal when you look at him as a coach in his history and kind of like where he comes from and stuff like that. He's won national titles at you know the F- at the FCS and Division Two and stuff level. He's won everywhere he's been. And he's a young coach. I mean, he, I, mean, I don't want to say young. He's like, I believe, in his early 50s. But he's a really good football coach. And really good football coach makes makes second half, you know, changes. They're good at uh, looking at what's happening on the field. Going back, reevaluating. Randy Shannon's a great defensive second half defensive coordinator. He's really good at making adjustments on the fly at halftime. So, And I think that was the biggest knock that we always gave him specifically is, you know, 
Memphis comes out, throws thirty points on us in the first half, and then we shut them out in the second. Stuff like that. Like yeah. I think that's that that's the mark of a good coach. Is a coach that obviously a great coach is one that can make that happen the entire game. But um, you know, I think Bill Belichick is like at the, uh, the NFL level is the creme de la creme of someone like that, where he can adjust to anything. You can't give that man a look because he will figure it out pretty quick and change that. And so I think that is you know we're, we're going against decent coaching staffs, and I think that's part of the issue. Um, but that also goes on our side where Heupel has got to be able to make adjustments in the second half that will benefit us and keep them from, you know, catching on to our game plan and shutting plays down and stop. He has a habit of sticking with those plays and kind of, you know, trying to put a square peg in a round hole and expecting that they know they're coming out in cover three. They're, they're taking out the outside. They're saying, please throw to the middle and he won't throw to the middle. So, you know, that's kind of something that I think we need to obviously get better at over time, but I, I think he is a good coach. I think we have a good coaching staff, and I think we ECU did a really good job adjusting to our offense and defense. I think that's why they put up some points in the second half. Um, their special teams had a great play, too. I mean, I'm not, we can't fault them for that. So um, I definitely see some good things for us. I, I think ECU is on the rise, too. I, I really do think that in two years they're going to be back to being a 9-10 to win program. Okay. Well, ECU right now sitting at 3-4. and four. Um, let's talk about this week. We're going to be going up to Philadelphia and playing the Temple Owls. Um, Temple, you know, on paper, it looks a little bit better than ECU. So let's uh, let's talk about them a little bit. Who are their offensive playmakers, James? So they got a decent quarterback who's a sophomore in uh, Anthony Russo. Um, I think that he's actually a pretty solid quarterback. I've watched him play a couple games. Uh, unfortunately, SMU was not a great showing when I turned that game on. I mean, they got just slapped around. But SMU is a really good program. They're, uh, you know, they're, I think that they're going to be um, the cream of the West side in, ter- in, in terms of our conference. Um, but this kid's thrown for 14 touchdowns, uh, six interceptions, um, a little over 1,600 yards. So I mean, a pretty decent quarterback. Um, he's played majority of the season. Uh, they have a pretty decent running back who's run, run for a rush for over uh, 600 yards, averages over five yards per carry, which is a mark of a great back. When you can give the back the ball twice and he gets a first down, that's pretty freaking awesome. Um, but they also have a good secondary back in their backup, Gardner, who uh, who also has run for almost 400 yards. So they got a two-headed monster in the backfield. They've got two really good receivers in Jaden Blue and Braden Mack, who both have over 500 yards. So, I mean, offensively, Temple is pretty strong. I mean, they average about 29 points a game. Um, their defense is a good job keeping their opponents down to about 22 points a game, which is why they have a winning record. So I do think we have a decent team on our hands that's going to test us, especially since you know we've we haven't lost at home yet. You know we keep going on the road, and that's been our, our Achilles' heel. So can this be the game where the Knights get on the road and actually do something to an on-road opponent when they're not in the comfort of their own home? Well, let's hope so. I know Temple this year has been a different beast at home, and they've been on the road. Their two losses are on the road as well. Um, as you spoke of, they lost last week to SMU, who is undefeated right now in the American Conference, really the uh, the uh, pinnacle of our conference right now, along with Cincinnati, um, really pulling us up. And they also dropped a game to Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo is a good team, but again, they were on the road for that game. So Temple is a lot like us this year, where they are playing uh, way better at home than they are on the road. Hopefully, we can turn that around and, and put some pressure on them. Uh, you said they're putting up about 29 points per game. I feel like UCF, if we can hold a team under 30, we should be able to score 30 offensive points. We've only not done it once in the last three years where we haven't put up 30 points. So. Um, yeah, when you look at that and knowing that that record isn't something that's been touched by any other team mm-hmm. 
exactly funny enough, the only team to do something like that is our biggest rival, USF, who I believe was at least eight or nine games below us in terms of like the, the consecutive streak. Right. Um, but you also look at, I mean, they when, when Temple got smacked, they got smacked by the number 16 team in the nation. So SMU, don't sleep on them. They're going. They're a dark horse candidate to make it to the uh, to the uh, um, the New Year's Six game. I think that they have a really good chance of beating anybody in this conference. I mean, it's been a hot second. I believe the last time they played in the conference that was against us when we beat them seventeen ten. I think in like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, somewhere around there. It's been a little while, but you know they've been back on the rise. They've got a really good quarterback. They have they have a phenomenal offense. They score a lot of points. Their defense is pretty aggressive. Um, and the nice thing is, just kind of also looking forward a little bit more in the future, not, not that this week, but they're about to play a Houston team that we're going to see next week. So we're, I'm hoping that SMU can just smack the living crack at, crap at the Cougars and, you know, make them put their tail between their legs. So when we come to see them for the space game, you know, we'll have a nice little matchup there. Um, but, yeah, we're, we definitely have we're, – we're, we're going to be in a dogfight with Temple. I think it's going to be, you know, two pretty good football teams that are about in the same position right now in the conference. We're both – you know, hovering in that second to third uh, in the standings range that can really uh, make a difference for us. So um, we need to win this game. If we don't win, we can basically kiss any shot of a, of a pretty decent bullion guy. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, you know, Temple is in Philadelphia. It's a cool, cool city for those of you guys who are going to go check it out. Cheesesteaks. Home of the cheesesteaks. Cheesesteaks. Um, you know, we like to uh, shit on the other team a little bit as well. They are also uh, the... the uh, alumni for Bill Cosby. That's where Bill Cosby went to school on a track scholarship. And uh, they actually gave him an honorary doctorate later on in his career before all those allegations come out. So they have tried to distance themselves from Bill Cosby, but I, I believe he worked for Temple in the Bill Cosby show as well. Oh, um, God. So I think that's the only reason I even knew who, what Temple University was before UCF started playing them consistently is because of uh, Bill Cosby's ties. So. so what you're trying to say is if you root for Temple, you support <laughs> yeah. drugging and raping women. Well, I don't want to go that far, but maybe... That's what I. That's what it sounds like <laughs> you're saying. Yeah, if you want to be a, a real good fan this weekend, maybe wear a Bill Cosby shirt. That might... Uh, that might be wonderful. Temple into it with the pudding sticks. Well, listen, we're going to come back here in a second. We're going to discuss some other UCF things, including some swag that they put out this week. So, um, you are listening to Three Night Bender with Hauser and Buzos. We'll be back in just a second. Tonight's show is brought to you by Mythos. All you sexy Greeks around the world, grab a Saganaki and a nice Mythos and enjoy your time. We're going back to the show right now. And we're back here at Three Night Bender. Uh, Going to talk a little bit more about UCF football here. Um, they dropped some swag this week for not this game coming up, but for the following game. It's kind of been a three-year tradition now for UCF to do the space game. And uh, before I give my thoughts, I want to hear Buzos. What are your thoughts on the space game uniforms? So I'm going to like rate all of our uniforms for the rest of the season moving forward based on fire emojis. And my scale is going to be between one and five fire emojis. So I'm going to, we're going to look at what our, 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 our lovely threads are going to be every week. For me, starting off with this week, with, with the reveal of the space uniform, I can't, I'm not going to give an official rating yet because I'm going to wait for you know the space gotcha, week of that. Yeah. But uh, to say that I was not uh, sexually awoken <laughs> when I saw that po- post happen on Twitter would be um, a lie because it was freaking amazing. I think that those are the best 
uniforms in college football for this year at least. I I, I would even maybe argue for the last few years. I I really really I was telling Caitlin I really really liked uh, and I think I was telling you too the LSU uniforms from last year when they did the special um, ones from like the World War Two vets uh-huh. the ones that were lost. I thought that was really really cool. Um, it had really good meaning. I I would I really liked our space uniforms last year, but that was definitely up there. I think that they they definitely had good competition. But um, holy shit, they yeah. look so. I'm gonna be dropping at least a thousand dollars trying to get one at the end of the year. <laughs> if they put them up for auction again, I am going to bid on them, and I will own one. Well, I don't I don't know that I'm gonna be putting up that kind of money for it, but just like you said, these are without a doubt the best uniforms I have ever seen. I mean. The last two years, the space uniform has just been incredible. When it comes out, I'm more excited than anything. And I'm, I was thinking, you know, there's no way they can do it again and be more impressive. There's only so much stuff you can do with a uniform. There's, so, there's, so much, so, there's only so much sexy my body can yeah. handle. And so, I mean, you saw what's funny is Purdue had a space game this year. And a lot of UCF fans got on them because, you know, we kind of started that tradition. We've been doing it the last two years. Purdue, you know, looks like they ripped us off in the way that they did it. Um, and uh, I have to say, I'm just to say, the only thing Purdue has on space is Neil Armstrong, yeah. which, you know, you know, well played. That's a, that's a power move. But fuck that. Sure. We, we were built for NASA. Right. So all you Boilermakers fans, congratulations. You have one of the most important space figures in modern history ever to ever do anything. That's that's a pretty awesome thing. But we fucking were created for NASA. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm a little mad that they took that shit. That, yeah. that, that, that's our dig. That's our thing. It is. And, and what's what's funny is their uniform looked very similar to our uniform last year. You know, definitely not as cool, but the helmet looked a lot the same, the way they put the moon inside the logo. Um, the only difference was their uniforms were white. Um, you know, obviously they don't have the cool Canaveral blue uh, that we switch up to, but this year our space uniforms are white and they are spectacular. Um, the the blue outline on the numbers, the constellations inside the numbers. The helmet is one of the sickest helmets I've ever seen in football, and they are hand airbrushed by shut helmets. Yeah, like there there's no sticker. That's one massive paint job on the helmet. It is absolutely gorgeous. And Incredible. And, and I'm going to own one. It's got a light side to it and a dark side. Uh, the, the whole helmet itself basically is the moon um, with the dark side and the light side. Um, you know, you move down to the pants. The pants have never really been that exciting on the space uniform. They've had the Citronaut logo. They've had a little bit of constellation in it. This year, it's got, what is it, USA on the side yeah, of it? It's got, it's got the USA uh, lettering that you see on the Apollo 11 rocket. It's just insane how cool this uniform is. And again, just like last year, I'm already thinking, like, how will you ever outdo this uniform? And bravo to UCF for finding a way to do it, to exciting the fans to the level that they're at right now. Um, you know, I think I think some of the uh, the losses maybe had, had got some of the fans down. I think this is going to rope everyone back in to being all on board for UCF football because of these awesome, awesome uniforms. Um, I, I know that I'm probably not going to be able to afford the uh, the jersey and the helmet and the pants after the game. UCF auctions that off every year. Uh, last year, I think they were going for between, you know, uh, 1000 or some of them went maybe 750 uh, Most of them were 
not most of them, but the more common numbers that you would think of, like McKenzie's and uh, receivers and stuff like that, probably went for five, ten thousand dollars. Some of them, but um, you know, I don't think I'll be able to afford that. But I did get my Space Game T-shirts. I got two of them. I think they have four or five different styles, including a lady style. Uh, those they are just released a lady style today. Yeah. So ladies, those are selling need. out. Quick. My wife is very happy. <laughs> Caitlin, uh, what's the shirt look like? Since you're a lady, did you look at it yet? Okay, so it's the same Citronella as the man shirt. Is it like like V-necked or anything? It's got a V-neck. Is it Nike Dry Fit? It's Nike Dry Fit. There you go. So there's some confirmation from a lady herself okay. about the uh, awesome shirt. I, I think this was for me. I, I ordered one because I think I'm pretty sure I have like three from the last yeah. couple years. I have a lot of space swag. It's getting to be a little ridiculous. I look at my wardrobe and it's about like I'd say 70% UCF clothes, maybe 20%. Uh, Jacksonville clothes, 10, <laughs> 10% Star Wars. That's basically all my stuff is, yeah. unfortunately. Every year they do this, it's it's shut up and take my money, UCF. Yeah. Mean, we, we spend hundreds of dollars on all this space game swag and the, the cool stuff they put out throughout the year. So UCF, you know, their their clothing line is on point and has been for a couple of years now. Um, if we can get some of that stuff out of the uh, the bookstore and maybe – Get some uh, some better selection on some of it will be will be golden, but I am very happy with that, and I am spending lots of money with the UCF uh, all of my sw- money. swag all of my money. Um, so that's the space uniform. Really pumped up about that. That of course is going to be unleashed for the Houston game, and you know how do you how do you have a better opponent for the space game than Houston? You know the two places in America that really have a lot to do with the space programs: um, Houston and Central Florida. And uh, we'll be playing for that. Unfortunately, it's going to be a noon game. I think that has something to do with with Houston not carrying the record they should have this year. But it is what it is, and uh, we're going to enjoy the heck out of that game. I know it. Oh, it's going to be amazing. I'm I'm really excited. It's it, it, even though it's a noon game, I think it'll be it'll be fun because it'll be a good morning tailgate. We have some Irish breakfast shots, breakfast make some pancakes, right. uh, some make some waffles, French toast, have a good time. So we look forward to that. Um, so season so far. Um, I definitely say that this has been a season of uh, knee-jerk reaction by a lot of UCF people. I, I think it's fair to say that. Um, I think that we're still a good football team. And we're we're, we're six and two now. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, six and two. Is it we're six five and two. two. That's one of those. <laughs> we're, we're we're either six and two or five. I want to look that up because I got my computer in front of me. Yeah. So I'm gonna cheat real quick. But you know, we're still. People were mad because. We, we should be undefeated. I just want to like backtrack a little bit as a person who's been heavily involved in football my whole life. I think people forget how difficult it is to constantly go undefeated. Absolutely. And we, we were we were blessed. And I want to put the word, we were freaking blessed with, an, with, with watching a team go back-to-back that, that hadn't been done several years to go undefeated for that long um, in the regular season. And then, uh, you know, we drop a couple games to some decent opponents. I, I, I get so annoyed by the trolls online. Pitt is not the, the worst team on the planet. No. It's not. It's not even the bottom. I, I wouldn't even put them in the bottom half of college oh, they're football. they're 5-2 and two or 6-2 and two right now. And, and, and Cincinnati is not a bottom feeder team. They're obviously a ranked team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe right now they're either they're 18 in the country. Yeah. So, I mean, Five and one. Their only loss is to Ohio State, which know. is which is another really good team. Yeah. So, granted, it was a blowout by Ohio State, but, but still, I mean, you know, you're looking at two solid teams. We lost. We lost to a team that's now in the top twenty-five. Um, they act like it was their Super Bowl. 
I mean, we got one team storming on the field, another team's oh, yeah. making commemorative T-shirts. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, like they, like they beat a Goliath. So yeah, when when a P five school makes a T-shirt commemorating beating a group of five school, I think that's that means you're doing pretty freaking good as a program as a whole. So yeah, we've got we've definitely got that going for us to say the least. And you look at the last two weeks, you know, Georgia got beat by South Carolina, who isn't a slouch either. No, but 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 they're what they were number three, three in the three nation, and four or something like. That right now, yeah. the records. Not yeah, you have a top, you have a top, you have a top three perennial team in the nation losing to a losing team. Yeah, and they lost to uh, North Carolina, who uh, ECU beat last year. So I mean, anybody, any given Saturday, any team can lose. Illinois or not? Yeah, Illinois just beat Wisconsin this last week. Wisconsin yep. looked unbeatable, and Illinois went in and beat them with a field goal at the end. And uh, I would have, I would have never saw that coming. I think there was a twenty-one point spread in that game, um, one of the biggest, you know, upsets. So definitely this year, but uh, in college football in a long time, that's that was a huge upset. So um, you know, anybody can lose. We've lost a couple. I think we're still on track. I think we're still we got a winning record. We're looking phenomenal. Um, we, we just got to finish games. We got to do games from from the beginning to the end. And uh, I think. This is going to be a big test for us coming up, and this I think we can get right back on the right track with a big win versus Temple. We can. I mean, Temple, I think, is a beatable team, even if we're away. Um, we're going to be playing a fortunately pretty bad Tulsa team in two, in, in two weeks after that. We're going to play Houston at home. I think we beat Houston in that game because I think you mean Houston's tanking for the year. They're trying to redshirt a bunch of their players. they got a whole situation going on about that. Um, so we, you know, hopefully we get two wins there. We're gonna have to play a re, a, a pretty good Tulane team who, oh, who's yeah. coming out of nowhere. Like, I'm actually proud of that team. They've they've come from the depths um, to be good, and then we get our our tribal back at, at the bounce house. So we can you know, of the next five games that we have, we can definitely win for sure three three of them. I think those are guaranteed wins in my book. You know, and and maybe we drop one of those five, and you end with. A nine and three record, which is still pretty phenomenal. I would love for us to be ten and two. I want to see a ten win season. Double digits is probably what our expectation should be on a yearly basis. I think that's fair to say that we should be double digit wins every year. Yeah. But you know, you got the conference title game. You know, if if we play our cards right, we keep winning. And you know, the, some of those other dogs slip up, like Cincinnati, who very well can slip up. Um, we get an opportunity to redeem ourselves and go into a conference title game, and you know. Play uh, a good SMU team who, uh, you know, maybe smacks around. But you know, Cincinnati's got Memphis in a couple weeks. They've got USF as well. They got East Carolina. They've got Temple as well. So I mean, they've got a, a decent little remaining part of their schedule. So yeah. I, I think it, not all is lost. People are thinking that like this is the, this is the worst season. Got to remember, just two years ago we were, we were a 500 team. We actually had a losing record because we went six and seven when we lost the Cure Bowl. Before that, we were winless. So yeah. why, the fact that we're crying over two losses, and I know it might be considered underachieving based on the talent we have, but you got to remember these are 18 to 21-year-old kids. It is so freaking hard to get a group like that to be motivated day in and day out for years. I'm a high school football coach. I can't even get those kids to freaking look at me for 10 seconds without seeing a freaking squirrel in the distance and like a squirrel being completely distracted let alone, you know, putting that kind of pressure on a national landscape. Absolutely. And, you know, I would have given my right eye to go 9-3 and three when I went to school. At UCLA. Oh, yeah. It was, well, it we, was were, we were perpetually back and <laughs> forth. Oh, actually, no, even you, you're way before me. Yeah. So we were perpetually, when I was in college, we were winning, we'd be 
ten and four or ten and two or whatever it might be, and then four and eight. Yeah. And then win ten games, and then and, and then win four games. We went back and forth every freaking year. Oh, we were zero and seventeen when I was in school, and that was uh, that was pretty incredible when we finally won. Th- that. Were you there? Were you there for the goalpost? I was at the game. I was at the goalpost coming down. Uh, that's when my brother decided to go to UCF. It was his first UCF football game, and uh, when we won the game, everyone stormed the field, tore down the goalpost. My brother, who was in high school, I think he was a junior at the time, he looked at me and he said, "Oh, I'm coming here." So, uh, you know, that, that's a game I won't ever forget. Um, I think all our, our goals can still be in front of us. Obviously, the conference championship is out of our hands. Um, you know, we, we obviously would like Cincinnati to drop two games and if not, at least drop one to Temple and, and for us to beat Temple and have some kind of three-way tie scenario. But, again, all we can do is look at the game in front of us, and it's been our goal all along, go 1-0, and and that continues to be the goal when we travel to Philadelphia this week. So uh, UCF football, you know, if you're not a fan right now, you need to be a fan because it's one of the hottest things going in Orlando. But there are some other things going on in Orlando. We're going to come back in just a second and, and talk about some of those things coming up and some of the other sports going on. You are listening to Three Night Bender with Booz Austin Hauser. All right, so this is Three Night Bender. I'm just going to make a quick note because it's kind of funny. Like, how this is, like, we don't have that whole thing with, like, Mythos. I hope they one day try to sue us for trying to do some kind of commercial with them, so I thought that was hysterical. Um, we have not figured out how to transition segments yet, because this is very new to us. So, if you haven't figured that out, I just kind of admitted a secret. Yeah. I was, so. ready, I was ready to do another commercial for me. <laughs> yeah, we don't have, well, hopefully, I mean, one day I hope to have commercials. That'd be kind of cool if we can give shout-outs and have commercials that are, like, legitimate. Yeah. Um, I think the best clout and exposure will ever get is if Mythos somehow found out, as my <laughs> wife jokingly said, that there might be some kind of law-breaking thing by saying Mythos is sponsoring us. I mean, I would think they'd be thrilled for us to be giving them shout-outs and, and bringing this sexy Greek beer to the public. But if you didn't know what Mythos was, it's quite delicious, by the way. It's like a better Heineken. Sorry, Heineken, you suck. Um, with that said, <laughs> with that said... Next um, week's sponsor is Heineken. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, I, I definitely hope that we can eventually get to that point where we have people that, like, want us to give shout-outs. Like, I want to go to breweries with my laptop and these mics and, like, sit down at a brewery and be like, hey, give us free beer and we'll talk about your beer on our podcast so the four people that listen to us might come and drink your beer. Or maybe they'll just completely forget about it and we'll get nothing out of it other than free beer. That's, that's great goals. goals for the so, transitioning in. So, a little bit of uh, Orlando uh, news to break. Number one. The fucking Orlando Magic are going to the NBA Finals and winning the whole thing. We are undefeated, and we're going to win the NBA Finals. That is a bold statement. That's what's going to happen. Psyched up, just like your Orlando name. Magic are going to the Super Bowl. We're going to win the World Series, and it's because we actually just had a huge win. If you weren't paying attention, um, the Magic beat at home the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, amazing showing. I wouldn't say amazing. I mean, he only had like ten or twelve points, but Markel Fultz looked great. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, that's a kid that if, I mean, if you follow the NBA or live under a rock, that's a kid that was a number one overall draft pick. I think it was number one overall, right? Am I yeah, saying that right? He was. Yeah. To the 76ers. Um, they think he breaks and so they get rid of him and thankfully we trade, um, Simmons, a first round pick what we got from the, uh, uh, from the Thunder and a second round pick. I think it was our second round pick, which you never do anything with a second round pick anyway. Um, 
and we get a number one overall pick who everyone's like, oh, no, he's never going to do anything. He's broken, and we get him, and he actually has a really good showing. His shot looked good. That slam dunk was something out of a wet dream. Incredible. Incredible. Jumps straight from the free throw line, slammed it down with some anger. He had 12 points, you know, 50% from the field, which is pretty great if you know anything about basketball. Six assists, so a really, really good um, first showing as far as, like, you know, an NBA debut. In, in fairly limited time, he didn't play that much, um, but the Magic looked solid. I mean, granted, it was against a, probably going to be a pretty awful Cleveland team moving forward in the future, but I'm pretty excited just right off that. Vucevic, you know, almost has a double-double. Um, he looks like his old self. Ross has a 10-point game. So uh, we look pretty solid to start the season. Let's hope we can keep that going. Yeah, Cavaliers are, are not a team that you're real happy about beating, but you are happy about getting win right off the bat, 1-0. and It's been a long time since I've been a, a diehard Magic fan. We've gone through a lot of bad years since uh, since Josh, or, or Howard, Dwight Howard, excuse me, has been going. Josh Howard? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, the, the trade they made last year for Fultz, I think that was a genius trade for the Magic. It was a gamble. Um, right now, it's looking like it's going to pay off big. He could be the next star in Orlando. Um, and the team as a whole, we got Bombas back. Um, we got uh, Isaac is back, looking good. We've got uh, you know we re-signed Vucevic. We re-signed um, uh, God. Who's the who's Flash? What's his name? Um, oh, uh, um, Terrence Ross. Yeah, Terrence Ross. Flame on, flame on. Incredible tonight with some of those shots. He's exciting to watch. He's quite a shooter. So the Magic, you know, that's going to be my transition point after UCF football. Is I'm going to be all about the Magic because they are. They're looking good, and they look like a team that the city can get behind. Absolutely, and, and we have a you know we go we play the Hawks next week. We're at Atlanta. We're gonna have a two, little two game road trip, um, and then we come back uh, and then we go to play the Raptors, um, who obviously should be a you know a competitive team for us, considering they lost you know the best player in the NBA who goes over to the Clippers um, and the awkward laugher. Um, but, you know, then we've also got the Knicks coming back at home, and then we see the Greek Freak in a couple games. So we have a fun little stretch for the ne- for the next few games. I think it could be a, a good time. I, w- I want to see uh, um, uh, R.J. Barrett come to Orlando. You know, they're, they're the Knicks' number one, uh, number, pick, number one pick. I think he was picked third overall or second overall, so he, c- he can be pretty uh, pretty fun to watch. He looked like he was getting better in the preseason. And then we have uh, the Greek Freak who, you know, as a Greek, I'm excited to watch again. I mean, he's always fun to watch play basketball. That, that guy – uh, he's my my season favorite for the MVP. Um, I think he's going to have a phenomenal year, and I can definitely see the Bucks making a really deep run. I think the NBA just became fun again because you don't have a true super team anymore, other than probably still Golden State, and even they got weaker. So oh, yeah, you know, they're weaker. There's so, there's, two, a, there's a lot of things going on this year with the NBA. We'll probably talk about those in, in later shows. A lot of teams have shifted their lineup. Yep. LA teams are amazing right now, but let's talk about a couple other things going on in Orlando. Um, UCF soccer. Has been looking phenomenal. Number recently. eight in the nation. Number eight in the nation. Top ten team in the nation. Number eight currently. Uh, you know they've knocked off some good teams this year. So if you're a big soccer fan, you know UCF soccer is an easy game to get out for. I don't. The tickets are probably very cheap to get into the game and watch and support them. But you know that's something to get behind. And they're going to be playing USF on uh, October 26th. So it's in Tampa. So if you don't mind making an hour drive, go support the Knights as we go to play, you know, play the uh, at school out west, the uh, West Florida Community College Cows. Yeah. Um, Anytime you can beat the Bulls, that's uh, that's a that's a good time. It doesn't matter what sport it is. Uh, 
UCF golf looking good too as well. Have you seen some stuff about yeah, UCF? Yeah, um, I mean, I don't. I'll openly admit I don't know crap about golf. I'm going to give a quick little shout out as well to uh, one of our best friends, uh, Stephen Diagostino, who I will say like he was one of the brainchild with myself when we came up with like an idea of wanting to do kind of an Orlando UCF podcast. Um, and we started this together, and unfortunately, he is moving to New York. He's actually driving up today. Like he's been on his on the road all day today. Should be getting there tomorrow. And he used to work for the Golf Channel. So if anybody know anything about UCF golf, it would probably be Steven right now. And unfortunately, he is no longer here. He is alive. He has not left us in that regard. And we love him very much. And we hope he enjoys New York as he goes to work for the Olympic Channel. Um, but Danny White did post out something that we won um, a major tournament, which is known as the Tavistock Collegiate Invitational Champions. And we apparently we knocked out two or beat the field. And we beat two top ten teams in college golf. So um, congratulations to the Knights, you know, just rolling all sports. We are not just a football school. Uh, we have a lot of phenomenal sports, so I'm pretty proud of our school overall. So that's big time. The other big thing that's coming up uh, doesn't have anything to do with sports, really. It's Halloween right around the corner. We're going to be playing uh, Houston on Halloween. It's um, going to be spooky. Yeah, so get your costumes out. That's a, that's a noon game, so there'll be time for festivities afterwards. If you haven't lived in Orlando long, Halloween is a, a sight to see. Downtown, the Saturday night before Halloween, is a big deal. It's, uh, I mean, they close the streets down. They have a costume contest. You'll see people with uh, big robotic costumes. You'll see girls who are, are dressed very skimpy. So if you want to have a good time, get out to one of those two nights, either the Saturday before or Halloween itself. Um, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, it's been fun. It's fun. I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy doing this. Are you, are you gonna give another shout out I, to the sponsor I would like tonight? To, uh, thank Mythos Beer one more time. <laughs> when all the sexy Greeks are drinking around the world on our first official podcast, and uh, I really appreciate it, uh, Boozos, and uh, thank you very much. And we'll, we'll see you on the next show. Take care.